Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. That's some good walk-up music, isn't it? I just had a thought on my way up here. I'm like, I ought to let Justin know, like, what song when I preach, like, what song do I want to walk up to? Kind of like a hitter in a, in a game. Hey, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good. We made it in safe with the snow. Uh, how many of you have a hobby? Oh, no. Okay, hobbies are good things. Like, what? You got a hobby? Just show hands. Okay. So, I have, I, have a, I have a hobby. I have a couple of them. And, uh, and the cool thing about hobbies is um, you can be really into this hobby. It can be a casual hobby. It can be a hobby that uh, you do when you have time. It can be a hobby that you, do, you make time to do, right? And so, uh, for instance, a hobby you do when you have time, uh, ride motorcycles, right? You do that when you have time. You're probably not riding your motorcycle today. Hobbies that you, you make time for, though, require maybe, maybe a little more, um, I don't want to say commitment. I don't know. What the, yeah, commit, I don't know. But uh, so for me, one of my, one of my hobbies is uh, gardening. I love to spend time uh, working outside. I love to spend time um, in the garden. It's... it's you know, moving into the months of, of March and April, I start to uh, start to get a little anxious when you have a first, you know, the first kind of few days where you have nice weather and you see people out and, and you want to, uh, for me, I just want to go out and I want to see, like, what's happening. What, you know, we planted some stuff last year. Uh, what, what's happening with it? Are, is, are, are there plants coming out of dormancy? Um, anticipating, you know, seedlings growing and, and coming up, and it's just, there's so much hope and anticipation for me that comes from that, and, um, and yeah, what, what made it through, what made it through the winter, and, and, and all of these things, and uh, it's something that my wife and I both share. We love, we love gardening. We love spending time outside. It's, 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 uh, for me, it's just, it's just where I go to, um, to spend time with God sometimes. There's, there's so many cool things and so much imagery in it. But despite the joys of gardening, it doesn't come without hard work. It doesn't come without uh, dedication, uh, commitment. Um, There's constant watering that needs to happen, maintaining the proper soil conditions, fertilizing, sunlight regulation, Covering seedlings and, and new blooms in late May if there's a frost and uh, watching, watching the forecast regularly. How many of you are gardeners? How many of you like to spend time out there? How many of, okay. So for six of you, you understand where I'm, where I'm coming from. I appreciate it. That gives me, uh, give me some confidence. That's good. That's good. But see, I even have, check this out. You fitness fanatics use your watch for all sorts of things. My Apple Watch actually gives me, I have a little widget on there that tells me when it's going to rain next. So I can understand if it's 16 minutes or five days. I know for watering and for 
for, okay, so anyways, that's cool to me, okay, that's cool to me, you can respect that, but this, this hobby is not set and forget, I, there's, there's never a point where we just, where I can just sit back and, um, and, and nothing's going on, um, it requires this ongoing cultivation and care in every season, and um, even in late fall and into the wintertime, what needs cut back? Uh, what do I leave? Is there anything uh, overexposed to the elements that, that, needs, that needs covered up? Uh, are, your, are, are my potted plants getting enough water to be maintained so they don't dry out even in the winter months? Um, there's just there's so many things to consider. And we get to the end of, of, the, of the season, and whether you're uh, a farmer or just a gardener or just a guy that, that likes to spend time... Um, out there, at the end of the season, the hope is that all of the plants perform properly. They yield what they were supposed to yield. That's the purpose. If it's, if it's supposed to have interesting foliage, if it's supposed to uh, bloom, if it's supposed to um, yield vegetables, right, for those who, who have vegetable gardens, the purpose is, is to cultivate the proper conditions so that way you have... Uh, a yield. And it's, it's fun because for me, I've, uh, our whole family is kind of getting into it. So, so Judah and Merrick actually enjoy spending time. Judah loves to dig. He takes my tools out there. He, he, he likes to help me plant stuff. Merrick loves to eat all the stuff. So uh, we have this strawberry patch. And if, if you don't know anything about strawberries, they're very invasive. They, they, get it, they, they just go everywhere. And so uh, having them confined is a good thing. And so we have this, this little strip of, of area that's right beside our driveway. And, um, and that's where our strawberry patch is. And it's, it's, it's a decent size, but I kid you not, these are ever-bearing. And so throughout the year, they, they, they bloom and, they, and then they have strawberries on them. We can't go or come home from anywhere without my daughter walking through, and she has eyes like a hawk, and she'll find one, and she'll pick it up, even before we get out there. Um, and, 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 she'll, and she'll pop it in her mouth as she's getting into the van or as we're getting home. She can't come into the house until you let her pick her strawberry. And so, so it's fun. And, and, and she stand, you know, she's, uh, we've got chipmunks around and squirrels, and she just gets so mad and scowls at them and bangs on the door if she sees them eating them from the inside. And um, those are hers. And so I'm, I'm excited because I can, I can pass on um, our, some of our love for gardening to my kids, and at least Merritt can kind of, we may never get to eat any of it, but at least she'll make sure that they're as healthy as can be. Well, today, you know, we're walking through Luke, okay? And you're like, what does this have to do with anything? I'm sick of hearing about stuff. We're getting snow outside. Um, but today we come to, to the first parable that we will be preaching on. It's not the first parable uh, that Luke shares, but it's the first parable that comes before you on Sunday morning is the parable of the soils. And uh, your Bible might call it the parable of the sower, and the titles are just arbitrary in, in your Bible in the sense that like, they just help you navigate and see kind of what's happening. Uh, Luke didn't write, this is the title. Okay, uh, Luke 8, verse 4. Like he, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just writing his account of the gospel. And so, so it's broken out. And so here we are, this, the, our first parable. And so today, so we're in Luke 8. It's on the Bible app. We've got notes there. Um, let's just set the, set the stage 
for a parable. What is a parable? I want to start there. Just in, in the basic sense, okay? A parable is a simple, relatable story using everyday objects or circumstances that have a deeply divine or heavenly meaning. Okay? So just, just take that. There's, there's some different nuances to, to, to definitions and, and meanings, but, but really for, for, for our sense and, and, and our purpose and how we understand um, parables in Scripture, it, it, it's, this, this, it's this great teaching tool because it often um, causes the listener to, um, uh, to easily remember or retain truth. They see an everyday object. Uh, everybody can relate with, with dirt, right? You've seen it. You've, you run around in it. You play in it. You work in it. You uh, walk on it, whatever it is, so, so you know that. Um, and so, so Jesus taught in, in parables a lot of times. And uh, he had this way of, of drawing the listener in. You see, Jesus was, um, he would speak subversively a lot of times, just drawing to this, this, this idea of like uh, Psalm, Psalm 23, right? The good shepherd, and he leads, he leads his flock beside quiet waters because sheep are skittish, but then he lets them drink. He doesn't shove their face in it. That's, that would spook them, that would scare them away. And so Jesus had a subversiveness of, about him to, to draw down the defenses of the listener, so that way he might draw them in to, um, to maybe a difficult truth that's, that's, hard, to, that's hard, to, hard to hear, that might be convicting, right? And so he told, he told in parables. And so, so parables take work on the front end. They, you have to master the art of storytelling. You're, you're drawing the listener in in this way. And, um, you know, parables to the listener for the first time often serve as maybe like a mystery movie or a mystery novel, right? Where you, you're, maybe you might not understand at first, but then at the, once you kind of see how everything unfolds and everything else is clear, right? And then you can't unsee it. Uh, I was a big, I, I enjoyed like National Treasure movies, the two net or whatever they are, National Treasures growing up, right? And so it was just cool because, you know, it's like, did you know there's a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence? And, and there's this whole thing in there, and so they're working through all these clues, and, and finally it just leads to this massive find and unlocks all this stuff. And then you go back a second time, and you rewatch it, and you're ahead of them, right? You're like, yeah, that goes to this. Come on, come on. Get, you know, and you're encouraging Nicolas Cage along and, and trying to help him discover, discover this. And, and so when we look back and we read a parable, it's like... It's like um, it's like us reading it for, for, the, for the second time. We, we, know, we know how it ends because we can read on, unlike the disciples, unlike the hearer who is, um, who is hearing a parable for the first time and, and trying to work out the meaning of, of what it might be. Um, and so, so that's where we find ourselves today with, with, with our first parable, parable of the soils. And I just want to start as we open the word, and I just want to pray today. That, um, that this, the word that God shares today um, would just be received, a cultivated heart. And so, Father, we come before you today. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for all that you continue to do, the work that you've started, Lord. In boldness, we pray that you would see it through to completion as we yield ourselves. And so be with uh, me this morning as I share your word, as I share the truth, as we talk about the parable of the soils, Lord. Um, Teach us something in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Luke 8, once you find yourself there. 
starting in verse 4, we arrive. When a large crowd was coming together, and those from the various cities were, were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. He said, the sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on a rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and they, and, and they choked it out. And other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said these things, and he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus presents this, this story, this riddle, right? What is the deeper meaning? And so let's unpack this quick. We've got, let's just set the table for, for where we're at. So journeying, people are around, there's a crowd gathered around, and, and Jesus presents these four soils. And you're thinking like, okay, Jesus, what does this have to do with you or the gospel? But, but the art of storytelling and this, this parable method was common, um, in, in the Jewish culture, so they understood that there was something deeper going on here. And so he presents these, these soils. And so here are the four, four types, right? We have the hard soil, rocky, crowded, and good soil. First, the hard soil. This is the soil that was, uh, that was packed down as a path, and this is the soil that uh, was completely resistant, right, to anything penetrating it. The, the seed... Uh, could, not, could not fall into it. It would, it would simply just sit on the top. Um, again, this was an easy picture for the hearer because they understood the walking trails that led from, from field to village and, and, and all over the place. And it's something even, even for us in our modern sense we understand um, and, and can get some imagery here. Of, of, of course not. You know, we have this, uh, this bird feeder on our deck and, and, and down below there's seed that falls onto the, so, the, uh, the patio and then there's seed that falls into like this bed of rocks and, and then there's seed that falls in, and, and I'm always trying to make sure that sunflowers don't start coming up. But, but it's really easy even for me to see because I'm thinking, okay, you know, the seed that falls on the, the patio or the, the, the path, right, for all intents and purposes, that's there for the bird seed. They're not, nothing's going to happen to it. It's not going to do anything. It's not in a space where it can be cultivated. And so here we have the, the, the hard soil. And so, and he gives us illustration um, of, uh, of, of the rocky soil then. In this rocky soil, um, again, you don't have to understand or be a farmer to understand that um, plants need roots to grow, right? And, and roots need to be sustained. They need to go down deep. This, this shallow uh, bed of rocks is not going to provide them the nutrients that they need to sustain themselves. And if the canopy outgrows the root system, that's just going to topple over. When the sun comes out, it's going to be scorched up. It's going to lead to nothing. It might as well not even bloomed. Because it's not going to lead to anything. And so he has, he has a rocky, the rocky soil, right? Um, and, you know, you, you have these, 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 these little starter seeds that come up, and there's so much hope, and there's so much whatever, but at the end of the day, they just, scorching elements comes, the sun comes out, it dries up, it withers, and it's like it never happened. Number three, he brings us to our third soil, 
the crowded soil. And so again, if you've, you know, whether you're a gardener or not, you understand the idea that, uh, I know for me personally, for every seed I plant, there's 50 of them that I don't want. And if you, if you don't maintain, you know, the space, everything becomes overcrowded, right? And then it doesn't lead to fruitfulness because the weeds choke out that, that, that seed that, that you were hoping would yield um, peppers, tomatoes, whatever it might be, but, but the fact that it was untended, it was just left to just, just be a mangling mess. And so we have this, this crowded soil that choked out um, the seed. And finally, we arrive to the good soil. And this is soil that has been um, properly prepared. It's, um, this is every, every, every um, grower's dream, this, this properly cultivated, without blemish, full of nutrients, full of richness, uh, soft, deep soil that um, is the perfect condition for this seed to grow. And it grows up and it produces a crop as 100 times as much. And so here we're like, okay, thanks for the lesson in botany. Let's move on and understand the deeper meaning of what is, what is happening here. And so we move on to, to the explanation that, that, that Jesus gives here. It says, his disciples began questioning him as to what the parable meant. This unresolved tension, right, uh, for for the musician, it's this, uh, it's this unresolved chord. There's this thing in the air that it's like, okay, okay, I know where you're going, but like what, what about it then? We understand what you're, what, you're, what you're saying. We get the concepts. So it says to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is, uh, uh, it is in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, and he goes on to say, the seed is the word of God, and those beside the road are those who have heard. And when the devil comes, he takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. To those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they're choked out with, by the worries and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. So now Jesus resolves the tension. He, he comes and he overlays the kingdom principle now on top of the imagery that they just received. It's like, okay, here's how the kingdom of God works now. You understand the hard, the rocky, the crowded, the good. Now let's talk about hearts. He begins to unfold 
what this begins to look like. He starts first at the hard soil. He says, this soil represents those who have heard the word, the word of God, who have, who have seen, who have, who have heard, and their heart is heart. It's compressed. It's packed down. It's calloused. It's unwilling to receive the gospel. And they hear it, and it's then removed from them. And at the end of the day, there's no attempts to believe. There's no hope in salvation. What will it take to believe? Lots of intercession, lots of prayer for others. I want to go to the next slide, Jonah. So here's the four heart types. We have the four soil types. Let's look at the heart types. The hard heart, the unrepentant one. And see, what this begins to do, and I, as, we, as, we, as we pivot and as we, as we begin to talk about, about kingdom for the rest of our time together, there's one of two things that happens, maybe both at the same time. One, um, it leads to conviction, right? You say, Lord, Lord, test my heart. Where am I at? Um, are there any are there any areas that while I while I believe are there any areas in my life that that need reset that need recalibrated to you? But then number two, and we can do this from different motives, but we think of the person next to us, or we think of the person our coworker, or the one that's not in the room. So yeah, they're this one for sure, um, and that's fine but with the right motivation, right? And so as we, as, we, as we work through these four, the hard heart, the calloused one, the one who just has no room, the gospel comes and it doesn't even penetrate, it doesn't even take. The position of the heart of the believer then is to lift it up in prayer. Say, God, you've placed this person on my heart. And I know them and I love them. And I love what we sang this morning. Heal my heart, make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen, right? Show me how to love as you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's call. First thing, breaking my heart, God, for what breaks yours and what moves you and what breaks your heart are those who are not walking with Christ. So as a believer, as I have received and I understand the hard heart. I check myself first and then I say, God, who have you placed in my life that first I need to pray for? Lift it up to you. It's only the work of the Holy Spirit that can change hearts. But then also go. We're messengers. We're the hands and feet of Christ. Who do I need to share with that over time as they, as as the seed falls, and the seed, and, and, and we'll define this in a second here, right? The, the sower is, 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 is God, the, or the gospel sharer. The seed is the gospel. There's no good or bad seed here. It's all good seed. It has to do with the conditions of the soil. Will it take root? Will it take hold? And that's our heart. And you know, this, this, 
This parable can go a couple different ways where I can sit up here and I say, you, 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 there's only one good way and look at all these things and what are you doing? Or we can move with heart of compassion and say, look at this, begin to understand these, these, heart, or the, these soil types and these heart types. And guess what? We are part of the answer. We are the hands and feet of Christ. So as we pray, we partner with God in bringing about the harvest that leads to fruitfulness that the Holy Spirit cultivates and grows. And so to the one with the hard heart, our job is to pray. Our job is to not to give up hope. To the one who's unrepentant, to the one who's just going about their way, who's just, it's just me and the world and I can handle it. We pray, Lord, penetrate their heart. Holy Spirit, go before them. Part peace, kindness, love. Pour your grace on them, God. Keep working. Keep working, God. We pray for those people. We pray and we share the gospel with grace. The rocky heart. but untrusting. Sorry. The next two soils are the hardest one for us to, are the hardest ones for us to swallow because they can manifest themselves at the beginning as as good, as righteous, as pure. But at the end of the passage it's all about fruitfulness, right? That's what this leads to, a harvest is what he says. And so the rocky soil are those who receive it with joy but then quickly lose heart. This is quick trust, quick trust in God and no rootedness, no sacrifice. It's just amateur. You said yes at one time. It was, it was an emotional response, but you never pursued it. You never worked for it. You never fought for it. You never fully yielded yourself to it, lived into it, sacrificed for it. And so when the inevitable trials come, They take hold. They absorb you. You just wither. You fold. I think a lot of times, too, the rocky soil are ones who... um, They get frustrated with God, that God won't reveal truth to them, that God won't answer their prayer, that God won't, won't uh, um, and so they just, they just, they just kind of get frustrated all the while, while they never, they never saw joy in the little things. They never, they never cultivated anything to hear from God. They don't have the capacity to receive revelation from God and, 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 and a word from him because they're untrusting still. This is the rocky soil, the rocky heart. Our third soil is a different kind, still. The crowded soil is the one who, who says they believe, and, um, but by the way that they spend their time, it just tells a completely different story. There's a lot of other things happening, right? Sure, sure, a little bit of gospel might have grown up, the gospel seed, but, uh, but so did all these other seeds, all these other distractions in life.
crowded seat is just that. So many things competing for our attention, competing for our heart, our affections. That your life in Christ never actually materializes into anything. It never actually leads to fruitfulness. You can't see it in the midst of everything. It's choked out because of all of the other things we have on our plates. Crowded soil. And again, he defines it by the position of the heart. Finally, we get to the good soil. And the good soil is unwavering. Put unwavering there. And Jesus tells us, this is the one perfectly ready to receive. They position their heart with humility, right? They hear it with good, humble, and a virtuous heart. They hold firmly to the truth. They don't quickly discard it. They trust. They don't allow the things of this world to snatch it away. And in the meantime, it produces perseverance that yields a fruit, that yields a harvest. A hundred times, a thousand times greater. You know, at the end of the day, you know a plant by its fruit, by what it produces. An apple tree doesn't produce oranges. So if I saw an orange on there, I would say that's an orange tree. It's not an apple tree. We have an identity crisis right now. We like to believe that we're things and we're, we're, we're searching all over for who we are. God's telling us, if you allow, if you cultivate your heart, clear out the distractions, allow the gospel to take root, to take hold, your identity is in Christ. That's who you are. Read John. John 15. It's very common. We know this. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that there will be more fruit. That's that harvest, that yielding. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, in itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them, cast them into the fire, and they're burnt. I think I just wanted to 
shift our focus and remind you of the motivation when I started talking about the different soil types today, the heart types, and our posture and how we handle that. First, Lord, search my heart. Break it for what breaks yours. Put me in position to serve you, to trust in you, to bear fruit as I abide in you, right? And then for others, Lord, I pray for them that their lives too might yield a harvest, might yield to to fruitfulness. So as we close today, I just want to ask two questions. How is your heart? First, search me, know me, seek me, God. And then who else's heart do you need to be in prayer for this week? You see, faith and gospel lead to action. Never want to be a place where you just come in here, Bible study, learn a little bit, and then go about a week. My next challenge for you, tell someone. Who has God placed on your heart? Tell someone about it. I want you to ask me in a week how I've been praying for this person and what opportunities I've had to share the gospel with this person. This is what it's all about. Because here's the thing. We serve a redemptive God who died for all. Christ died for all. Desires to be in relationship with all. And so us as the hands and feet of Christ now, how are we carrying on his mission, his vision for the kingdom and leading others and showing grace to others and sharing hard truth in a graceful way and wooing others towards, towards the Lord? Who is it he's placing on your heart this week? And here's the other thing. <laughs> if you'll permit me to just give one more little analogy. Even the good soil produces small little weeds from time to time. We tend it, we see it, we take care of it, we pull it. The rhythms in our own lives, the things that creep up, the temptations that come up, we see it, we identify it, we know the one, we say it's all about this plant here. This is the one that needs to sustain, pull it and we discipline ourselves, going to the Lord, yielding him our first and our best. Does that make sense today? Okay. Never preached on a parable before. But there's so much truth, there's, there's a richness there. I just wanna leave uh, today with you feeling encouraged you feeling equipped, but also convicted and motivated, uh, burdened is a good word, burdened for the neighbor, for your neighbor, right? Greatest commands, love the Lord your God, for your heart, so mine first, how is my heart? Number two, what is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Others, who do I need to share with? That's love. Sharing the gospel, sharing Christ, 
with others. Cool. Let's stand today. Let's get the Lord's Prayer up there. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I want to pray over you, and then I want to pray this corporately. But again, I loved what we sang this morning. So on point. Heal my heart. Make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love as you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. For all of eternity. So Father, we come before you today. As a company, as a body of believers, we say, search me, know me. Search my heart, Lord. Our desire is to be the good soil, the cultivated soil. What is crowding out the gospel in our lives? Lord, for others this week, but we've got empty seats around the room. We've got plenty of space for new believers to be brought in to this company of believers, the body of Christ. So each and every person in here who calls you as Lord, who do they need to share Christ with this week? Who do they need to cultivate that relationship with? Who do they need to be in prayer for this week? It could be a spouse. It could be a family member, a a son, a daughter, a parent, a cousin, a coworker, a person that drives them nuts the most. Lord, give us eyes of Christ to see what you see in them. Give us a tenderness this week. And equip us knowing that we don't have to have the right answers. We don't have to have uh, all the theological uh, questions answered for them. We, list, we, we simply testify to what God's done in our lives and our deep need. Their deep need and our deep desire to see them to come to Christ. What does that next step look like, we pray. We lift these things up to you as a body and we pray to you today. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes, God. Come on. All God's people say amen. Amen. Hey, go and be blessed today. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. 
For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnas.org. Have a great week.